Hi, and welcome to the Medicine for Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lynn Stiff. I'm a dietitian turned physician passionate about empowering people to use their lifestyle as medicine. Many of the chronic diseases and cancers that affect our world can be prevented. I'm on a mission to provide you with evidence-based tools and education so you can implement realistic and sustainable changes into your life to combat disease, reach your health goals, and lead your best life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Let's begin this journey together. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Medicine for Life podcast. My plan for today was to piggyback on last week's goal setting podcast and dive a little deeper into something called SMART goals. So I'm assuming that most of you have heard of SMART goals before. If not, I'm going to give a brief overview, um, but you can definitely Google it to get an idea. And it's a very uh, specific way of setting goals that makes it more likely for you to reach them. So I mentioned SMART goals briefly in last week's episode, and if you didn't catch that one, please go back and check it out, and also be sure to go and check out the free goal-setting workbook that I put together. I did a workshop last year at the beginning of 2020 before the COVID craze, and I took a deep dive into how I go about goal-setting, and um, it's an hour long. It goes into the nuances that we talked about last week about short-term versus long-term goals. And then we also talk about exploring your past so that your goals are realistic and reasonable, um, and then you'll be more likely to achieve them. So today I wanted to touch on a piece of goal setting called SMART goals. SMART is an acronym. Um, I'm not positive who created it, but it's pretty ubiquitous now. Um, And it stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And so when you're setting a goal, you want all five of these pieces to be in your very specific goal that you're going to be tracking. So you might have a big goal, like I want to run a marathon, or I want to be healthier. So you can have that kind of general picture in your mind, and that's totally fine. But if you want to reach that end goal, you need to have segmented goals along the way. And so it's those goals that need to be very specific. And even I would argue that I want to be healthier or I want to run a marathon can have much more specificity, uh, but it's okay to leave like a big overarching future goal a little more loose, knowing that you're setting very specific goals along the way, because you might not really know what your marathon goal time is until you can run a half marathon. And then at that point, you might have a better idea of what you're able to achieve in this time frame. Um, and same with being healthier. How do you define that? That might change as you begin working towards these more specific goals. And so if you're doing a SMART goal, what I want you to do is first think of what your big goal is. Let's say it's, I want to follow a Mediterranean diet. And while we can make that very specific and um, fill in the SMART framework, I'm going to actually fill the SMART framework in for your short-term goal first. So let's say in the next six months you want to develop a way of eating that is very similar to a mediterranean diet most of the time so for your first month goal let's say that it is i am going to eat at least 50 percent of my food within the mediterranean diet framework this would meet all of the criteria of a smart goal so you're saying specific is s so the specificity is 
the Mediterranean diet framework is what you're using as your guide. It's a very broad diet and it would be challenging for you to break it down by various pieces within the group. Uh, so I think it's totally reasonable to be as specific as at least in, you know, being that Mediterranean diet. And you're going to maybe have a specific printout that you will follow so that you know that you're you know, checking what is within the Mediterranean diet. So that's the specific part. Measurable. So 50% of your meals. Can you track that? Yes, you can totally track that. You could do a checkbox method where you have a thing on your planner um, or in your phone and you do a check if uh, your meal met the criteria for Mediterranean diet. Um, or you might have uh, an app where you track all the food you're eating and you can, at the end of the day, go through and tally up how many of your meals met the criteria for a Mediterranean diet. Attainable. So is it realistic that you can do this, that you can eat 50% of your food in the Mediterranean diet? So I would say this can be very attainable, but first you need to be sure that you're clear on what foods are in the Mediterranean diet, which is why you need that specific handout. And then you also uh, need to like the foods in the Mediterranean diet. So if you don't like vegetables... This is going to be a really hard thing for you to start following. Um, and so it might be more realistic to set some different goal first because it's it's not attainable if you don't like the food in the diet. Um, and also knowing whether you can get these foods in your local grocery store. I would argue most people can get foods from a, that would fit in a Mediterranean diet at their local grocery store, but there may be some people who are in rural areas where some of these foods are harder to find and you really need to plan in advance if you're going to do this. And so again, maybe setting a different goal first around the barriers that you might face in doing this goal. So let's say you live somewhere where there are ample Mediterranean type foods, you like vegetables and fish, and this is something that's not dramatically different than what you eat from time to time. Um, it's just you don't do it every day. And so it is attainable for you to do. R is for relevant. Sometimes it also stands for realistic. Um, I think relevant is um, probably more useful. And so R for relevant would be, is this goal relevant in helping me reach my bigger goal. So let's say your cholesterol is high and you really want to lower your cholesterol and you heard the Mediterranean diet is very good for that. Well, then that would be a this would be a very relevant goal because it's working towards getting you on a more uh, Mediterranean diet and it is going towards the goal of lowering your cholesterol. So let's say your goal was to lower your cholesterol and you are planning to follow the keto diet uh, there's much less evidence to support uh, bacon and uh, fatty foods <laughs> for uh, lowering your cholesterol. There may be some few some studies, but um, in general, that's not uh, well regarded in the cardiovascular community, community as being the means for lowering cholesterol. So maybe that would not be a very relevant goal, and we'd have to rethink either this current short-term goal or what your bigger long-term goal is. And then T is for timely. So this would be um, that it kind of has two points. One is, is there a time frame that I can realistically do this over? So I said this goal would be over the next week. I'm going to eat 50% of my meals in alignment with the Mediterranean diet. So we have a time frame. We know how long we're going to do this intervention and then follow up to see if we reach the goal. You also could think of timely as, is this a, a timely... Uh, intervention to get to my bigger goal. So 
if your big goal is to follow the Mediterranean diet, you know, 90% of the time, just having that occasional ability to go off of the diet for, you know, special occasions or, or parties or things, um, you know, this, doing this for a week would be realistic because it would give you an idea um, of how easy it is for you to get to 50%. And uh, you also might want to think of how much time will it take for me to make this habit sustained. And so um, timely could be that you're doing it for one week because you really just want to check and see how that goes and then reassess. Or timely could be that you're doing this for three weeks because you know it takes about three weeks to make a regular habit and that will get you on track to get to your bigger goal. So you could look at that either way uh, and decide if um, if that which way you want to structure your goal. I think having both ways of thinking about it in mind are useful. Another way to think about timely is um, I like to use running because I like running um, running examples. And so let's say you want to run a marathon in September and it's April and you can't run a 5k. So when we're thinking about this goal, is it realistic for me to get to my goal of running a marathon in September? Maybe, uh, depending on your baseline fitness and propensity towards injury. Um, but when we're, let's say you set that goal and you think you can do it and you're really committed. So as you're making your shorter goals, you have to create goals that will push you so that you can be ready for that race in September. So you can't have your goal be, I'm going to you know, walk 20 minutes because that's not going to get you very close to running a marathon you know, in five months. <laughs> and so timely can be looked at in, in a way as the timeframe for the goal. And then also is this timeframe keeping me on track? I think that's the word I was really looking for there, keeping me on track to reach my end goal. Um, and sometimes this exercise of thinking about being on track will help us reshape our end goals so that they are more realistic. Because as I mentioned in last week's episode, the more we're able to create goals that are attainable and goals that are kind of easy wins, they still push us a little, right? It's like 10 or 20% harder than not doing anything, but they're not crazy, like 90% harder than baseline. And so if they push us a little, but not too much, and we succeed at them, think of how great you feel when you reach a goal. So if you succeed, you're more likely to try again next week and maybe make it a little harder. And so I am not a fan of all or nothing. Um, and I know a lot of people are. That is why diet culture is so pervasive, or one reason at least, is that it's attractive, this idea that, well, I can just cut out all sugar and then I'll just be healthy. It's just, I just need to get it all out. I can't do half. I can't go halfway. It needs to be all or nothing because if I go halfway, I'll lose self-control. So oftentimes we jump to extremes because it's almost easier to control if we kind of restrict the entire thing and don't look at it. But that's also why diets don't work long-term because eventually you're going to have to look at it again. And what often happens is a complete flip. So then the second you have sugar uh, in your purview, suddenly you can't stop. It's like you're, you know, animalistic and you just continue to go and go and go because you've wanted this so bad and you've been restraining it from yourself for so long and it does taste good. Um, and so I want you to not approach goal setting in an all or nothing mentality with the idea that we can just cut out things altogether, but instead approach it in a more realistic mentality with how can I slowly adjust what I'm used to so that 
this habit is just commonplace. So hopefully that makes sense with smart goal setting. I would love to maybe do some smart goal setting on one of the future podcasts. So if you are listening to this and you are interested in um, submitting your goals, I would love to uh, see how they are in the SMART framework and give feedback to you. So if you can email me at nutritionhealthlife, no periods, just all the words, nutritionhealthlifellc at gmail.com and um, put in your subject line SMART goal so that I make sure I don't <laughs> it doesn't go to my spam or I don't delete it thinking it's junk email um, since I don't have all of your emails. Uh, so put SMART goal podcast in the subject line and uh, send me your goals. And I would love to go through them on a future podcast and say what your goal is and then how to make it more in alignment with SMART. Or maybe you're awesome and you already have it all figured out. But um, if you need help with this, I would love to help you. So again, it's Nutrition Health Life LLC, no periods, all words, at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, go to my website and it should be able to give you a, um, a link to email me or a, my email address should be on there. Um, or you can leave a comment and I'd be happy to reply to you. So that is all I have for today. This one is short and sweet. Um, I look forward to chatting with you next week. I plan to cover intuitive and mindful eating over the next few podcasts because that is my love and um, so important for the health of our our nation. And so um, I'm really excited to give some more tips and tools for that. So uh, again, feel free to rate the podcast below and uh, be sure to leave any comments or feedback. You have my email address now, so I'm open to any feedback about the podcast. Can't wait to chat with you soon. Take care and be well. While I make every effort to broadcast correct information, I am still learning. The views expressed on this podcast are solely my own, based on extensive experience and research. The views of this podcast are not those of any organizations that I am currently or previously affiliated with. If you have any concerns about views or opinions expressed in this podcast, please contact me directly at lynn.stiff at nutritionhealthlife.com. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another, and I am simply presenting my views on how to Use diet and lifestyle approaches to improve your health. By listening to this podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice or to treat any medical conditions that either yourself or others are experiencing. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Do not ignore or delay obtaining professional medical advice because of information accessed or otherwise obtained from or on behalf of Nutrition Health Life LLC or Lynn Stiff MD.